So this is how Liberty dies. With thunderous applause. Welcome back to another episode of Women of the Wills. Today, I am joined by Tammy. Can you say hey to everyone, Tammy? Hi, everyone. <laughs> Today, we mostly just wanted to discuss, finally, we're going to touch on episode nine. Um, I've, we haven't much done, done much with that. It's found our, its way into many of our episodes so far. Um, obviously with us like you know throwing little side things here and there um but i just really wanted to dedicate an entire episode to episode nine um which is still as of march 3rd sunday eleven seventeen a.m my time <laughs> currently untitled still it's still titled <laughs> episode nine we'll see um when that finally happens, it will happen, and we will all be very excited for it, but <laughs> we're still waiting. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, a few quick things I did want to mention. Um, we are going, this podcast episode is mostly going to be centered on uh, some leaks and other various things found on the interwebs um, that some people may consider spoilers. So if you are not uh, into leaks and stuff like that, then this episode might not be for you. But we also are going to talk about something that's not so much a leak anymore uh, since that photo that JJ tweeted uh, at the end of recording episode nine. We wanted to talk about those costume quote unquote leaks um, that happened a while back. And we wanted to get into specifically Ray and Kylo's uh, costuming in episode nine. So without further ado, Tammy, I will let you start us off. All right. So, um, so these leaks that, uh, that Kennedy's been talking about, um, they have, they were posted. I actually have the Reddit post pulled up right now about, 20 something days ago by a Reddit user Jedi Paxis. I think that's how you pronounce it. 
Um, and it's an actual photo, um, which I think this is possibly other than like smuggled set photos, like one of the first photos <laughs> yeah. of leaks that we've gotten from um, episode nine. So it's pretty exciting. And there's a, actually a lot of stuff in this photo leak. Um, but uh, as was mentioned earlier, it's kind of been corroborated by the uh, the photo that we got from J.J. Abrams, specifically Ray's costume in this photo, as well as Poe's costume. They both look pretty much the same as what was happening in the, the photo from J.J. So there are also some other fo interesting photos in this leak. Some other um, ones. Some other now, I know specifically we want to talk about uh, Ray and Kyla's costume because I feel like almost all of the Women of the Wills hosts, probably all of us uh, and guests would agree that the center of understanding the sequel trilogy is understanding Ray and Kylo yes. and understanding their characters, okay. understanding their, uh, their directions and their significance to what's actually happening in the story, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Two halves of the protagonist. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's why specifically we're going to focus on these two because it's, it's actually like super important. And costumes in Star Wars, sometimes they're just cool and interesting. But mm -hmm. most of the time, there's at least uh, some significance to what the characters are wearing. And um, what specifically Ray and Kylo's costume changes seem to have um, reflected to what's happening inside of them um, and in their story as well as in their um, emotions and things like that. So um, I'm really excited to talk about these today. Same. <laughs> so uh, first, uh, let's go ahead and just dive in with the Kylo leak, if that's okay, because sure. I'm Super interested with that. So, like I said, these leaks have pretty much been corroborated um, as far as like Ray and Poe specific uh, specific costumes. The other ones, you know, someone could have made them in Photoshop and made them look like the other ones if they really wanted to. Yeah. So there's always a possibility that these are not really what's going to happen. But um, the Kylo costume has. There's also been previous leaks that have mentioned describing what we see here. So. Mm -hmm it's possible that they're all correct. Um, the Kylo costume, he looks almost exactly like he did in The Force Awakens. Um, he's got his hood up. He's got uh, a kind of a, a black, black tunic. He's got like black leggings. So it's actually, I guess, kind of like a mix between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi because he's got like a shorter tunic um, and yeah. he's got like a long cloak. But he also has it's, it seems like his tunic might be a little shinier or something. Like it's maybe made out of yeah. rubber. Maybe it's been aged or weathered tunic. or something. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, but, but maybe, it's, maybe waterproof. it's like leather or something shiny. Maybe. Um, it, it, could, it could be because of the setting of um, one of the planets, um, yeah, you know. The uh, cloak and The Last Jedi kind of had that same, like, feel to it. That shiny right. Feel. Yeah, a little yeah. shiny. So um, it's very dull shiny, though. It's not like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> bling, <laughs> glitz, glitter. <laughs> but the main thing that is interesting to me, other than the whole, like, maybe it looks like it might be a little aged or weathered, which 
kind of goes into what I'm going to talk about soon is um, the mask, which mm-hmm. it's his same mask, um, but obviously this mask has been through a lot. <laughs> um, and it's been cracked, it's been shattered, and it uh, has been repaired somehow. Smashed and in the wall. In the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but somebody picked it up and was like, let's fix this. And it has um, red in all of the cracks. And it's, it's a very bright red, um, kind of filling in all the places where it's been shattered. And not only that, there is also the shiny silver part that kind of goes around his eyes. Um, there is some like aging and weathering there as well. So it's yes. not just um, red cracks. There's also aging and weathering at the very top at like the, the dome of it and at the like shiny, um, shiny part around his eyes. So it's, it's very battered looking. <laughs> so um, I have a question about that though. Super interesting. Yeah. It did Okay. Who fixed the mask because I don't feel like Kylo would have the patience to go in the <laughs> elevator and pick up all the little pieces. Right. He's like, okay, I'm gonna fix this. <laughs> Who did it though? Honestly, those were like and that was shattered. That was shattered on the floor. It was very messed yeah. up. Like, <laughs> Actually, how do you repair that? <sighs> yeah, that's a good question. Like, who would do I that mean, first of all? Yeah, and it, why? Why? It's a great question. Why? I mean, is he that extra? He's like, he's that extra. He's like, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna he's got like his little dustpan and he's like little broom and like sweeping them all up and he's like, I must fix this since I can't fix myself. I'll fix my Okay, okay. I know you're joking. I know you're joking, but these are actually like super important questions, especially because I I did a bunch of research last night preparing for the podcast um, because have you ever heard, like looking at it immediately with the red and the cracks, it reminded me of the Japanese art and practice of kintsugi. Have you ever heard of that? Mm, yeah. Where you're like repair the pottery, um, yeah. but you repair it with gold. Yes. Like gold cracks, and it makes it like, oh my God. Beautiful. <laughs> Okay, so, you have no idea how much I love that because I had to take a I had to take a ceramics class. Uh-huh. There was a requirement, but I remember we had a a whole unit like on that, and oh my god, like because <laughs> we went like way deep into like the lore of it and everything, and when right. you just said that's really cool, I never thought of that. Awesome. Oh like, my I, god, I just like I just thought of it. Be like I had like a passing thought. I was like, hey, this kind of reminds me of Kintsugi, and then I was like wait a second, what if that actually, like, means something? Because the Absolutely. visual language of Star Wars is so important. So yeah, and I'm it's so glad that you have a background where you can understand, um, because I just did a little bit of research on this last night, so hopefully you'll be able to, like, wow. have, like, enlighten me a little bit. But, yeah. um, so what all I wanted to say, basically, I'll, I just, I'll just give a quick rundown, and feel free to let me know if, you know, if there's anything that um, you, you're more knowledgeable about and like take over and let me know. But um, so I didn't know very much about this beforehand. I kind of just seen like viral posts about like, oh, you know, this, this, there's this Japanese art where they repair uh, pottery or whatever, and they make it even more beautiful after it was broken. And it's like, isn't this a beautiful concept and a beautiful idea? And I was like, yeah, I'd seen that before, but like, I should probably research more about this. So um 
based, it's based off of a, an ideal from Zen Buddhism, um, which includes basically the idea that any kind of object that is broken or aged isn't worthless. Uh, but it's actually like even more worthy than something that's like brand new um, and like mass produced or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, it's because it has like, um, there's, there's, it carries like a story with it and it carries, um, it carries almost like a, like emotions with it and everything. So like this, this is a Zen philosophy of Wabi Sabi, um, which have you heard that term before? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, it's okay. the, I believe where you embrace like your, the imperfections of, exactly. like, yeah. Um, and I think the Japanese were like really into, uh, they valued that wear and tear kind of aesthetic, I guess you would call right. it. Um, because, because of that. And that's why, you know, you can, especially like in the remaking of this, the pottery, um, like, you know, using the, the gold to fill the cracks. It's the mm -hmm. idea of something not being of less value, um, you know, after it's broken, but possibly being even of more value of yeah. being even more beautiful after the breaking, which exactly. is, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's so important to think about with the context yeah. of Pilo. And wow. the, one of the main things is, um, here's a direct quote from this video I watched um, from School of Life on YouTube. They said, there should be no attempt to disguise the damage that has happened to this broken object. And the point of the Kintsugi is to render the fault lines more beautiful yes. and more strong than they have been before they were broken. Um, now, the items will become more magnificent after their repair. So it's an embracing of this damage as an event in the object's history and it makes the object even more beautiful and interesting like i was saying so um this this philosophy could also be applied you know personally to to people's lives um mm -hmm. if you would like and and it can teach people that you know we should res and this is another direct quote we should respect that which is damaged scarred vulnerable and imperfect starting with ourselves and all of those around us so this philosophy is like super awesome, especially when you're thinking about um, Ben Solo's story and about uh, what it should mean to people and, and why he shouldn't, you know, oh, he's, he's messed up and he's made mistakes. Why and why people shouldn't just discard him just because of that. Um, so I think you know, there was like a, considering, yeah, oh, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say no, you know, an interesting, you interesting fact. Um, actually, there's there's a few conflicting ideas of what exactly the origin story for this method of repairing the pottery was, mm -hmm. but one of them was, I think, when a, a certain I forgot his name, but he was a shogun, um, sent back a he sent back like a, a Chinese like um some kind of pottery or something like that that was damaged. Uh, back to China for repairs and when he returned it he had repaired it with these ugly metal staples and it was like it was a haphazardly done job it wasn't it wasn't pretty looking so whoever received it was prompted you know there's like hmm I don't like these metal staples I don't mm -hmm. like the way it was pieced back together I'm gonna do something new and I'm gonna make it look even prettier than it was before and mm -hmm. Thus, that happened, and they, I'm, 
I think it was, yeah, everybody was just like so into this new method that people literally started purposefully breaking their pieces yeah. of pottery <laughs> to to get to this aesthetic. But yeah. I thought that was funny with like the guy with the send it back stapled up and like here. And he's like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I, I also heard that story. Um, and this, the, this story purportedly happened in the late 14th and early 15th century Japan. And um, yeah, that, uh, the, the story that I heard, it also was a shogun. And, and um, it basically the same thing. It's yeah. the repair work is, was done in a way that didn't make it seem more beautiful and interesting. It made it, it almost was just sad <laughs> looking at it. Yeah. And so it's, it's all about the way that these objects make you feel. Um, and, and when you look at the object, how does it make you feel um, considering the event that it's gone through? Did it make you feel like, oh, now this is broken forever and it's worthless? Or do you look at it and say, you know, um, that bad thing happened, but I'm glad it happened because now it looks even more interesting and it makes me happy to look at that. So it's really um, very based on like aesthetics and emotion of objects. So it's very interesting philosophy. And um, I'd never heard of wabi-sabi before um, or, and I'd never known that uh, Kintsugi was called Kintsugi. So mm -hmm. after this, uh, uh, you know, foray that I've had in, in with here, I think it'd be an interesting um, way to, you know, talk about this, philosophy as far as like the sequel trilogy so I'm excited to get into it <laughs> yes okay so I did write a few notes um so all of these ideas are super interesting when considering Ben Solo's character um he's definitely damaged scarred vulnerable imperfect all those things that were mentioned in, in when we we're talking about that broken pottery he's been broken mm -hmm. um in The Last Jedi Kylo tells Rey let the past die, kill it if you have to, right? We all know that line, super iconic. Mm -hmm. But is this new mask design possibly a hint that he's not in fact like focusing on that part of it anymore? Because the, the whole Kintsugi thing is, you know, you see this event that happened and you use it to make you stronger. Mm -hmm. So perhaps it's some kind of indication that Kyle will embrace his past and become more um, beautifully beautiful, worthy, and perfect in his imperfection. And maybe that's the direction that they're trying to hint to with this, yeah. um, this, this leak. Um, so I'm super excited about that possibility. And that's only just one of the possibilities. Yes. So what do you think about um, the whole embracing the past? Do you think that's possibly what this might mean? I think that's definitely a possibility because it's, and it's even better because us as you know viewers, we're going to get that, um, you know, you you linked the two together when you were describing the costumes to mm -hmm. The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. um, we have that as a visual uh, cue um, that that's directly in his past that we've seen. It's a little, it, it, it links the two a little easier because not, all, it's like, it's visual, right? We don't know what happened. You know, we don't have footage of his childhood or anything like that. But us as viewers can hold on to, okay, I've seen this mask before. It was in The Force Awakens, so it's in a, his visual past that we've seen. Mm -hmm. And it helps us link to that a little bit more. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility with acknowledging the past and really 
I, that's definitely key to being able to let the past die. You have to acknowledge that it happened, which is exactly what Rey did in The Last Jedi right. when she admitted to herself who her parents were and that they were dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm excited to see how that happens. Me too. Um, <laughs> now, there's, there's also um, the whole um, idea of strength that comes from the repairing of these bonds um, that looking at these, it will make you, uh, it makes the object, especially on the lines where it broken, more strong than it was before. So um, that's also something interesting um, that you're using the pain or um, you're using that, that time of, of breaking and becoming stronger and maybe you won't make the same mistakes again. Um, maybe you've learned something. So uh, the, that, that's a whole other part of it is not only acknowledging the past and mm -hmm. um, letting it quote unquote die, but also letting it live on in you in a way that makes you stronger. Yes. So that's another important, awesome thing when we're talking about that. Um, and the similarities to the Kintsugi um, philosophy with repairing pottery. Um, now, if you're all right, I want to kind of talk about some of the differences between this, um, this uh, repaired mask and Kintsugi. Is that sure. okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like one of the main differences is that Kylo's repaired mask and versus like the art form of Kintsugi is that Kylo's mask isn't repaired with, you know, gold or silver or something that's like bright and beautiful and glowing and glittery. It's repaired with bright red, like bright, bright red. This is like a glaring throbbing red what is it like what is the substance I, I wonder I have no idea but it, it's so uh -huh. like looking at it it reminds me kind of like the Praetorian guards uh armor yeah like it it seems to almost like have like some kind of luminance to it as well it does seem like it might be yeah. something a little bit now it's something that when I was thinking about it the analogy that it reminded me of was like you're looking at like um, when a, a volcano erupts and the magma starts cooling, um, it, it shrinks and then it cracks a little bit. And underneath you see the cracks of the hot magma still. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that, that's like what it reminded me of um, was, was like something that's alive and red underneath the black. Um, now, now red can mean so many things though. If you're talking about the language of colors, yeah. um, red can mean, you know, pain and a wound and suffering, yeah. but it can also just mean being alive and being passionate and um, love and so many, so many things that the red color red. red what I got from it, like when I saw it, it was like it, it just looked like blood, like mm -hmm. going through mm -hmm. it, which was like it was a weird first thought to have because like right, but like it, it, that's that's what it reminded me of. And I'm right, like, and I, that, I don't know why, but yeah, it reminded me of that as well because like oh. it. it it, it indicates suffering, you know. Yeah. But if you see that, is he's suffering, and we know that Ben Solo, whatever you want to call him, we know he's suffering. We know. And um, and it also is. Oh, it feels like some maybe something that's about to like blow up or boil over, something yeah. like it's like barely restrained, barely restrained kind of pain. And in the Force Awakens and in the beginning of the Last Jedi, Kylo used his mask to kind of like hide the storm that was underneath him. Right. And like high his pain. Yeah. And in episode nine, maybe this is some kind of indication that Kylo is wearing his pain on the outside. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's like what I was just thinking when you were saying that. Like, oh my god, because like he (laughs) used that to hide like everything, like about himself, and now it's literally it's coming out. It's like it's like hey, I'm here. (laughs) Like, no, oh my god, yeah, that's really true. So, so, so it's 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 possible that um, maybe in episode nine, Kyla will be more open about who he actually is, which. Like he's been hiding his true identity, and that's he goes back. He's wearing a mask, but he mm-hmm. like the idea because like you're right. It's like almost like leaks, like stuff coming out. Like yeah. is that is that what it is? Like even though he's like stepping into what I think is a type of like psychological regression back mm-hmm. into his role as dark whatever um I I feel like yeah I feel like even though that that's happening because like in the last Jedi it seemed for a time that he was heading out of it and for the last Jedi he wore he didn't wear a mask hardly at all because he broke it and which was important Mm -hmm. but now that that whole thing happened all that happened you know he's stepping back into back into that role it's not going to be, you put the mask on once and it fits perfectly fine. But after the breaking and after all the emotional growth that you had, that, that he's had and gone through all the stuff, putting that mask back on, it's not going to fit or be the same way that it was before. Right. And exactly. that's what's happening. I feel like. Right. I, I actually, um, I made a quick note about this as well. So what I was saying was in reality that uh, this mask is, is in a way it's a regression, but it's also with its repair, it's telling the story yeah. of how the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi impacted Kylo, and it's all over it. Like literally, it's written on his face, how, similar to how the scar has been, was written on his face, yeah. his actual face. So now his mask has scars. He has a scar, and I imagine Kylo can't hide him anymore. <laughs> right, he's trying to use the mask probably as a way yeah. to lie to himself. <laughs> But yeah. now, and, and maybe try and convince himself that he's stronger and more resolved because of what he went through. Mm. But in reality, it's likely that he's just more empty than ever. And he's just going through the motions of what he thinks a Supreme Leader is supposed to be doing, what he thinks he's supposed to be doing. Um, and it's all just like these levels of lying to himself. So um, in, in my opinion, obviously, <laughs> this is all opinion, but I really do think um, and, and I hope we were able to touch on this with the Ray's uh, quote unquote regression as well. Mm-hmm. It's in one way, it's a regression and lying to yourself, but in the other way, it's accepting like underneath, it's like accepting what's happened to you, but not fully yet. Right. Right. Well, cause to cover up the scars or whatever's there, you have to acknowledge that you actually have something there to cover up. Right. And that's sort of the whole it's like, yeah, lying to yourself. Why do you lie? Well, because something happened that you don't want to talk about and you're acknowledging right. that, which is why you're doing this or saying this. So, And yeah. also, if you're lying to yourself, part of yourself knows the truth. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. so the, the somewhere deep down, part of yourself knows the truth and is creating this um, lying to yourself as like a coping mechanism because it's too painful to uh, address the the truth and the reality of what's which happening. is what we see with Ray and her parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's been demonstrated that she's done that as well. And um, I feel like 
we could say that we've also seen that with Kylo in The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens that oh yeah he it seems like he's also lying to himself about a lot of things mainly that like nobody loves him <laughs> because his family would love him but like it seems like he he think he's telling himself that nobody loves me you know right. and we know that Han loved him and Leia loved him and and Luke loved him, even though they all made mistakes um, in how how they dealt with the you know the problems that he was going through. But we know that they loved him, so right. um, it, it, I think it was he was just not like capable of addressing the fact that you know my parents and my family love me. They made mistakes, mm-hmm. but they still loved me because right. that's like a super difficult thing to grapple with, mm-hmm. um, and especially like coming from the perspective of, um, of like an adult with a, with like you're, you're transitioning to like your parents are adults and you're an adult. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really hard to have this nuanced thought about your parents and how they treat you. So it seems like that's part of um, Kylo's issues is um, it's, it's just too painful for him to have these nuanced thoughts. Um, and, and, Instead, to cope with that, he just jumps to um, an extreme and right. says, this is how it is. And then he lies to himself and, 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 you know, pants all that down. And I would also like to address something right here. I, I've seen it everywhere where everyone's talking about that, how he has what, everything that you just said. He has no right to feel that way because mm-hmm. of number one reason I've seen is because of his age. Your mm-hmm. age does not keep you from feeling these things from feeling it it doesn't okay like (laughs) that is the stupidest thing i'm sorry it really is like okay so i'm in my late 20s kylo's in his late 20s yeah i can also say that there are definitely times where i deal with uh nuanced situations in a uh, very extreme way because it's painful and it's hard and sometimes you just can't deal with it especially um if you have Uh, you know, chronic illness, mental illness, or other Mm -hmm. things that like sap your energy and your mental energy. It's so hard to deal with these types of situations. Exactly. Like, of course, we're not trying to excuse murder or like how people act when, when you're trying to say, you know, I understand Kylo Ren. That's not the same thing as like saying, you know, I understand, you know, there are times where instead of dealing with a nuanced situation in a balanced way, I might need to go, I might go to an extreme and make a mistake. I might um, make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> no, no, that's good. And I'm not following the notes that I have for Kylo's costume leak. So um, do you have anything that you wanted to add or any shares or anything about that? Mm, I think we covered, I think we covered that pretty good. <laughs> yeah definitely so if you wanted to move on to I think we have time for Ray okay her costume change awesome so um now there's a lot of things about Ray's costume so um in Mm -hmm. the leaked photo versus what we see in JJ's photo um we only see kind of like from right below Ray's armpit to up, we kind of see a little bit bag and, and, and a little bit of like what's her, around her belt and under her belt. Um, but we could see her hair, which is awesome because mm-hmm. you, in the leak photo, you cannot see her hair. 
So um, it's, it's pretty cool to see um, this versus the leaked photo. Um, So her whole outfit is basically all white. Um, Now it's not like a bleached white. It's kind of more of like a natural linen white. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and the accents she has are light Brown and medium Brown. Now uh, her shoes are like a light, uh, like tan color, similar to the shoes she's been wearing. Her whole outfit overall looks really similar to her Jakku outfit. But cleaner. Um, <laughs> right. But cleaner. cleaner. <laughs> somebody mentioned that they just threw it in the washing machine. Yeah, somebody mentioned threw it in the washing machine. And it's possible. It's definitely it possible be. that she kept that. And um, now it's, it's her I'm going to a desert planet outfit. It's clean. <laughs> she looks nice and clean. Right. Yeah. The other big difference is, um, so her hair is also clean. Um, her hair is is very well kept and her what she used to have as like a leather wristband um she still has a leather wristband on her left arm Mm -hmm. but on her right arm she has an armband so i'm I'm gonna pull up a a ray the force awakens outfit real quick Mm -hmm. just so that i can see if she had those armbands on on both no okay so in the force awakens she had still had that same leather leather wristband on her left hand and she had nothing on her right. right. So I've, I've seen things online that were like, Oh, she changed her leather wristband um, into an armband to her right arm. But no, she didn't. She somehow acquired or made a separate armband for her right arm because in these leaked photos, she has both of them on at the same time. So um, that is interesting. She, you know, made this armband or she bought it or whatever. And if she was literally just wearing what she was wearing in The Force Awakens, but it was clean, then she wouldn't have this other armband. Also, um, one thing to note is that the wraps that she wears around her arms are only come up to about her elbows. Right, yeah. Just they're about elbow length. All the way up, yeah. And now, of course, there's many reasons that she could be doing that. And I also feel like, um, the wraps for Ray are kind of just like a stylistic choice. Uh, I don't know if there's much significance to that, but it's always interesting because they do kind of look similar to Kylo's sleeves. So yeah, we can't yeah. really. They both kind of have those things, like because yeah. I remember in like the breakdown of Kylo's costume, like yeah, his arm things are like separate, like Ray's are. So yeah. Now the in JJ's photo, if you look closely at the forearm. Um, her arm wraps seem to be much more substantial than they were in um, in The Force Awakens. Like, in The Force Awakens, it was literally like she ripped some cloth and wrapped around her arm. But it, it seems like these are maybe a little thicker. Um, yeah. Maybe um, a little, maybe they would be hard to the touch even. Um, like, almost kind of like a cast, it looks like. So, um, some somehow thickened. So um, it's possible that these are to help like, protect her arms as she fights with a staff or something like that. Yeah, presumably. <clears throat> so um, now uh, the the color is is interesting. Um, the the color white is something I'd like to talk about, which is there have been like leading ladies in white in Star Wars from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So not surprising to see Ray wearing white. Um, but it could it could be you know you know partially a homage to uh, Padme and Leia, but I also think there's probably some kind of significance to a total white outfit that we're seeing. Definitely, I feel like it also it it, it contrasts big time with 
um, okay, our two protagonists for the past two uh, trilogies, um, both their outfits got progressively darker as the films went on. And we thought that was going to happen with Rey, especially when we saw her outfit in The Last Jedi, where it was literally just like a bunch of gray tones and stuff like that. Right. But almost the exact opposite has happened, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because like, you know, and Luke in Return of the Jedi, all black. And like, Anakin, obviously, turning to Darth Vader. Um, Rey is not, uh, Rey is obviously not going to fall into that same thing because she's, another thing we could have like you know we should have thought of this maybe she's not a skywalker so she's not gonna follow that same line but also well go ahead i was just gonna say with anakin and with luke they both had those moments you know well for anakin it was more than a moment yeah of of, (laughs) near the end of their stories going to the dark and time Watching it and make and it impacting their lives very negatively, and I think Ray is different. I think that she has this resiliency um, with where she can touch the dark and it doesn't affect her in the mm-hmm. same way. It, it it doesn't like it's almost like she has the ability. Like she still feels temptation, but she has the ability to stop herself and say, you know that's a temptation, but I'm not going to make this mistake. Mm, Skywalker boys take notes. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, But like, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to talk about um, the color of white could be an indication of that. Um, It's, it's, you know, being um, in Western cultures, a lot of times it's associated with purity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And that's another thing that I find interesting because for okay talking about the female protagonists um in the past trilogies you've had there are a few uses of the color white leia is most known for that um and then you also have you also have padme but that's an attack of the clones that's in the second movie but she's an adult you know and she's matured whereas in her first film she was a kid so that's different but also interesting to know she ends the phantom menace in all white and with Leia, again, in the second film, she's also an all-white on Hoth. And then in the last movie, that changes. She's in, like, camo, like, the whole time, you know? And that's, that was her, that was her arc. Padme, hers ends um, kind of similarly, but I've always found, like, everyone's talking about how this outfit is extremely similar to Padme's Attack of the Clones outfit, right? Um, which I don't see. I feel like it's more similar to Padme's outfit when she meets Anakin on Mustafar. Okay, I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Much because more similar to me. It's got like that like lighter linen color and then mm-hmm. like the straps and everything. Yeah. So I, I really agree with you. I, th- I feel like it, it really does look like um, that outfit's like, cousin or something yeah uh, but I, I can also see the 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 attack of the clones outfit but I feel like people are just saying that because it's all white and it's pretty tight and then it has an armband yeah so, like um, mm. it, it's kind of like those two outfits mixed together maybe um but also it's just basically Ray's previous outfit but white <laughs> yeah yeah I yeah I feel like it's yeah I I feel like it's more similar to the Mustafar 
outfit um, in terms of pretty much everything. Um, and if you pull, if you remember what Padme's Mustafar outfit looks like, um, it's kind of similar to this in that Padme was also wearing the arm things, like the little armband things, arm guards. Yep. She was also wearing those. And she had the, um, on, her, on her top that she had, she had the, uh, the crisscross uh, straps across her chest um, as well, um, which is another thing that Ray is definitely well known for having. So I feel, I feel like that's extremely similar. And not so much the hair, but I feel like the hair is a little bit, okay, because Padme has long hair. She has it in a braid, and it's coming down to, like, past her stomach. Hair right. balls. It's beautiful. But <laughs> and then Ray's on the other hand is like all done up and is like super, super tied up. And mm-hmm. that reminds me not of Padme, but more of what we see Leia in all the time. She always has these intricate, elaborate updos. This isn't too elaborate. I don't know yet. We haven't gotten the how-to tutorial from the stylist <laughs> on how to do this hairdo. But anyway, um, it's not that elaborate, but it is it is up. It's like out of the way, just like Leia's was, you know, in A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens. <laughs> like, you know, she's always, always had her hair up like that, Leia has, and never ever had it down, which is interesting because in the last movie, Ray had it down. Like, well, Leia was- did have her hair down in Return of the Jedi at the That's Ewok. true. Okay. Yeah, that's very true. And that's um, also interesting if you think about when Leia had her hair down was like, around the same time that basically her and Han confessed their love for each other. Mm-hmm. And when Ray had her hair down, it was when her and Kylo were touching hands by the firelight. Yeah. And so, another, another parallel to that too is not necessarily in uh, Attack of the Clones, Padme has her hair up. Um, but, you know, in Revenge of the Sith, her, she only has her hair up, I think, like once. And Revenge of the Sith, and that at the Senate meeting at the very end. So and she's pregnant and married. Yeah, <laughs> not or, no, or twice. I'm sorry, twice where she yeah. has it, where she meets Anakin. But yeah, so interesting. It shows. It it seems uh, hair down in Star Wars for the female protagonist. It seems to indicate um, an intimacy, maybe. Definitely, and it's definitely that is pretty much explicitly stated um, concerning Alderanian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you read anything about like the whole braid lore that they have. Um, I did read yeah. uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and I feel like they mentioned in that book that like having your hair down is like an intimate thing. Like, yeah. um, I feel like well, spoilers, I guess, but I feel like her didn't her boyfriend take her hair down or something? Yeah, yeah he did. He did. <laughs> it was like, okay. yeah, but yeah, and. And that's also, that book was included on the road to the last Jedi, right? Um, which I feel like was really important because it was specifically stated that about having your hair down. Our protagonist mm-hmm. has her hair down in mm-hmm. the movie like that. that this book is specifically leading up to. So I don't know, maybe. No, uh, <laughs> as far as uh, like her updo, um, if if we could talk about that for a little bit. Um, now, some people are saying that, oh, this is an indication of her regression, because we've been using this word a lot, yeah. uh, that, that Ray and Kylo have regressed. Um, but it's, 
it could be a consider that because um, some people say, and this, I don't think it's been corroborated by Canon, but some people say Ray wore her hair the same way that she did since her parents sold her off so that they would recognize her if they ever came back. Right. Um, do you know if that's been corroborated by Canon or if that's I don't, just, I don't think it has. I think that's just been. Okay. So like, if this is true, maybe as far as regression, Ray is lying to herself once again about who her parents were and how they treated her. Um, mm. may, but if that's, it could also mean that maybe she's not denying it, but she's just burying it very deeply because she, it still hurts her. Um, yeah. I feel like it's more at the moment, more like a subconscious kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're like falling into old habits, I guess. Right. And now the yeah. other thing is that it could be that she's, she has accepted what's happened and mm-hmm. now she's wearing those buns at, proudly as like a mark of who she is and what she's gone through because and she's changed them they're different yeah. yeah and she's made them her own so it could be similar to the mask in that way that it's like if kylo is is you know trying to say that i've gone through stuff but now i'm stronger maybe the hair is is saying that as well possibly i feel like i feel like yeah they both are kind of saying the same thing mm-hmm. honestly and speaking of that and covering stuff up, um, I want to talk about the blatantly covered up uh, scar that she okay. has on her arm. Now, of course, we know we don't know for sure what's actually underneath that armband. Uh, could it's, be nothing. <laughs> it's, this, I mean, it's where the scar was because as right. soon as I saw that, I was like, "Wait!" And I went back and I pulled up that the photos of the last Jedi, you know, where she had gotten that scar from the throne room fight. And yeah, that's literally right where it was. Same arm, same placement. And to me, it's like, if you want, okay. Cause here's my, okay. Going into design choices and artsy aesthetic stuff, um, which is my thing. Uh, if we <laughs> talk about, costume choices remember i mentioned earlier how ray's arm bands only come up to her elbows mm-hmm. um and that's just contrasting the past two films where her arm bands came up to um almost her full arm all the mm-hmm. way up there so you have the arm bands that only come up to the elbow and i feel like that's highlighting if you wanted that to stand out, not just as a piece of the wrap, but as a conscious choice to put that band there, you would have it there on its own, just like it is right there, mm-hmm. highlighted you know, on its own, just like that. So it stands out um, because, again, if the armband was all the way up to her arm and, and where it goes is actually, if you pull up a picture, it goes right to where that leather band she put around her arm it goes normally her the straps goes up that high so if she had the the wraps all the way up that high i that armband wouldn't stand out near as much and i don't think i honestly would be having this conversation right now right (laughs) yeah it's it's blatantly there for you to see that yeah this is uh this is it like this is this is here and we want you to see it right I I definitely agree. I there is some significance to this. It's I really feel like she's covering that scar um, that she got from the Praetorian Guard fight 
that she got the same day that she uh, touched hands with Kylo and it looks like hands touching there. Mm -hmm. This has to be significant. It's, it would be absolutely crazy if they just, you know, if it's not. So um, now the, the reason why I feel like, you know, it's, it's important. Um, I kind of wrote a Twitter thread about this uh, back when the, photo first came out and it was no longer considered spoilers. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I basically express like, we know Ray suppresses pain. Um, she suppresses deep feelings. We know that because of what happened with her parents and how she right. lied. Herself. Um, and we know scars important. Scars are important in the sequel trilogy. We, we, know, we know that because literally the, the place that Han touched Kylo's face as he felt was falling off the bridge dying is the same place that Ray slashed his face open and now he has a scar. Yep. So the scars on Ray and Kylo are important. And the, like I was saying, Ray got this scar hands are of hands touching basically the same day that she reached across the galaxy through the force and touched Kylo. This is probably one of my favorite Star Wars moments ever, and I love it so much. And it's basically like she got a tattoo of it. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. it's really awesome. But, you know, similar to Kylo, he got hurt the day that he killed his father. It hurt him. Mm -hmm. You know, people, a lot of people like to say, you know, he doesn't care, whatever, he has no emotions, you know, all this kind of stuff about Kylo. But it hurt him too, and that's what I, like the, that's kind of what the scar means. Like this scar is like symbolizing his pain, yeah. and Ray was hurt that same day that she got her scar, um, because she was she had so many hopes for Kylo, and I had the same hopes going into the Last Jedi. So it was almost like watching myself get hurt on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> like same. So hurts, like hopes for like how he's going to, he's going to turn to the good side and, and he's going to help her and then they're going to fall in love. And, you know, it doesn't explicitly say that Ray is thinking all these things, but <laughs> I know that she was, because <laughs> I understand her. Uh, I, at least what I feel like that anyway. So, mm -hmm. um, so she, she, all of those hopes were dashed because he made a mistake again and he made the wrong decision again, where, uh, maybe it may have been the wrong decision. Maybe it was the right decision and he just wasn't ready yet. And um, uh, he decided to, you know, do what he did and become Supreme Leader of the Galaxy and said, um, so that broke her heart. It broke her heart. And I, I like, we're, we have to remember as we're talking about Ray in the episode nine, we have to be talking about a girl with a broken heart. Yeah. And, um, um, now the white of her outfit, it could be also the white in, in lots of Eastern cultures, white is, uh, represents mourning. So mm. it is interesting to think about, um, the white in that context of a girl with a broken heart. She's walking around literally wearing mourning clothes. Wow. Um, yeah, that's true. Cause like in, in our society, we don't see, you know, it's the exact opposite. Um, right. black. So many stylistic yeah. choices yeah. and costumes choices from Star Wars are Eastern culture based. Exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, the other thing is she has a broken heart. So what's she going to do with this scar that literally reminds her every time she looks at it of the fact that her heart was broken? Um, she might 
want to cover it up because that's kind of what her proclivity to do is to, I'm going to put this away until I can deal with it. And, and she's done that before. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. And what gave her the strength last time to deal with the, her parents? The strength was the connection she felt with Kylo and the un- deep emotional understanding that they felt with each other. She felt comforted enough to be able to deal with that problem. And he encouraged her to deal with it. Obviously, he didn't say everything in the best way possible. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But he did help her through that problem. Yeah. And um, I hope, I'm hoping so hard for episode nine that she has this ability to deal with that broken heart that she has. And it's going to be because she feels comforted and loved enough to talk about it. Now, I don't know if uh, any of our listeners have gone through breaking up with someone and getting back together with them or (laughs) you've gone through it, but it is a process. Mm -hmm. It's not just like after you break up with someone and then you start liking each other again, you can just like turn around and be like, oh, we're back together. Yep. No. Like if you, if you really have a broken heart from that breakup, it takes a while um, to work through that insecurity that you might have and to work on the problems. So I'm hoping that we see at least some of that in episode nine. Um, I really like, I, I feel like her emotional state is, is going to be like the, the heart of the movie, both her and Kylo. Yeah, definitely. It really is, especially after everything that happened in The Last Jedi. They're literally, they set that up to be the focus. That is the focus. It really, really is. And especially in Ray coming to the forefront as well. Like the last few scenes deal, the last few scenes in the movie are usually always going to set up, like if there's going to be something else or another chapter they're always going to set up the next chapter for you. The Force Awakens did that with um, Ray um, and Luke together mm-hmm. on Octu. Um, and then finally, the in The Last Jedi, we have the ending scenes are the, their, la- their last Force Bond in that movie. Their last Force Bond moment is right there. And then Ray holding the broken lightsaber in her hands mm-hmm. and then the movie literally ends with the kid with the broom boy kid um which is trying to get the point across that you don't have to be special to be you know like right. a special special you know in the eyes of i guess what people normally would deem special um and those are those are certain points that the director wanted to get across because that's going to be most likely will be the setup for the next film. And if that's what we're getting, that's three good points that we have right there. And I feel like, I feel like, yeah, that's going to be, they're going to be the heart of the film, just like they were in The Last Jedi. They definitely were. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to see how that plays out. I really, really am. Yeah. Oh, and someone mentioned the other day, I just wanted to throw this in there. I don't know if anybody has seen it, but okay. So I don't know that much about Star Trek, but I do know that uh, JJ Abrams has directed and helmed the reboots that they had for it. 
And apparently there was a really controversial-ish kind of couple that was put together. Um, it was, I believe it was Spock and somebody else in the entire... I think so. Yeah. The entire fan base was like kind of shocked that that happened. It was like crazy. And so mm-hmm. for anyone who's like kind of scared that JJ's not going to go all out for this uh, concerning our two characters that we hold very dear to our hearts, don't worry. I don't think we need to worry. <laughs> Cause like I have a friend who's super into, super into Star Trek and he was like, yeah. Um, you should be fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So just wanted to put that in there. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ease everyone's minds. Because I know it's, because it, it seems like on the forefront, like on the outset, that what we've been talking about this whole time about this regression thing, I just use it as a term for it. It's like a visual kind of regression that they're going through. But right. also at the same time, it's like, two steps forward, one step back kind of a thing. And I feel like that's what we've done. Um, the character arts do that. Yeah. And that's, that's important in, in character arts, especially. And I feel like that, I feel like that's what's going on here. I don't feel like we need to, unfortunately, we might not get to see all of, you know, we might not get to see Adam Driver's beautiful face the whole time like we did in The Last Jedi, but it's okay because this is all building towards something that, I think we're going to get a pretty satisfying ending for it. I really do. And I'm, I rarely, like, I, I don't feel like I'm setting myself up for disappointment because it's literally all these, I pay attention to, I pay attention to the visuals. Like I'm a visual person and JJ's directing style. I absolutely adore because he is the same way. He is such a visual guy and Ryan Johnson is the same way. And a lot of directors rely on, like, um, not necessarily the acting of and setup, but more on dialogue, dialogue-heavy, driven plots kind of turned me off. And that's why I think I connect so much to these last two films, because they are not dialogue-driven <laughs> at all. Whereas say the original trilogy original trilogy is if you look at it pretty heavily dialogue driven and um, the prequels yeah. have a lot of and clunky heavy dialogue as well and the, pre- and the prequels and, and you know here it's much more toned down and i enjoy that because it's much more it's much more about the visuals and i just really love that so i think no, i think I we're gonna be okay <laughs> yeah. now, there is like a little voice inside my head that was like if they would just let the characters say their deepest feelings. I, I feel then that. Don't have to argue with people online anymore. <laughs> I, I feel that. I definitely do. But it's all part of the speculation, and yeah. that's what's so much fun about it. And that's exactly. what I love about. That's what I love about the fan base. You know, this whole long time that we've had to speculate. Um, some crazy stuff's gonna come out like um the other day i saw some interesting fan art on twitter um i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but i don't even want to say the i heard it but (laughs) Uh, hopefully i haven't seen anything let's just say (laughs) it's bad um and then um yeah this is what happens when we don't get any content (laughs) yeah we've been making like photoshopping kylo with sunglasses on what if he had blonde hair what if ray had a mustache you know it's like it's all we need help honestly but i mean <laughs> they, it's okay. they, pre- 
we're holding on. So, okay, just some dates really quick. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that interview. I don't know if it was an interview. I think it was just like a random question that was thrown at him that um, Richard E. Grant had a while back. I believe mm-hmm. it was in January where he was talking about, yeah, the title and the trailer, something about it being released in April. And we were all just like, he's wrong. He's ill-informed. He's ill-informed. He's just an actor. I don't think he was wrong, guys. Um, yeah, I don't think we're getting anything. I think you're going to not get anything till, uh, till the convention. I feel like they're going to show, okay, at episode nine panel, whatever it's going to be, I will not be there <laughs> again, but I will be watching the live stream again. And me too, I me too. Like, yeah. We can, we can have a, a, a group chat or something. <laughs> yeah, we definitely should. We should set that up. But I feel like they're going to show the trailer there at, after, at the end of their panel, however they're going to do it this time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, how the trailers will show the title of the film at the very end yeah. of the trailer being done. I feel like that's what's going to happen. And okay. everything's just going to hit the fan. Like, at, that point, like, at, this point, yeah. at this point, I'm okay with that. But also, yeah. so I have this theory okay. that there's an embargo on episode nine content until Captain Marvel has been out for a few weeks. Yes. Because the, the shared target audience of um, people that like sci-fi with strong women, I guess. Um, so I, I feel like that, that may, they may wait till April, but I feel like maybe we might get just like the title drop in a Twitter post within the next three, That's a possibility. Three, three. That's and then possibility. they'll do the trailer um, at the convention. So. And see, here's the other thing though, too. I believe, I forgot who it was that had an interview with JJ Abrams recently where he basically told her, I can't answer that every question that she asked him. <laughs> um, she asked about, I was um she asked about a title uh mm-hmm. and he pretty much said no not yet yeah, he can't, he's not lit i feel like he's literally not yeah. allowed to say anything i feel because it, disney wants all the hype to yeah. go to captain marvel right now that's I my theory like, i'm sticking to it <laughs> because yeah we have captain marvel and then when does the avengers movie that comes out does that come out after celebration Oh, I don't remember Endgame. Um, I don't remember April twenty sixth. April twenty sixth, and mm-hmm. Celebration is during that time, isn't it? Oh, uh, when is? I'm not sure. April eleventh to fifteenth. Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. Hmm. I see. I don't think That's that. Break. I mean, I, I don't think, think Avengers would interfere with the marketing schedule of episode nine because I feel like their Avengers is such a huge thing already that they're not as been hyped up for an entire year. Just about last year. (laughs) Yeah. So Captain Marvel is brand new. Yeah. Um, New it's her first movie. And and potentially extremely key for the last Avengers. Um, so I feel yeah. like they're allowing room to breathe. Like yeah, they're allowing much more room to breathe for Captain Marvel than they would care about for Avengers. Because like we already have a trailer out for Avengers and everything. That's true. So. That's true. So okay, so the possibility still stands. Then I feel like 
um like i don't think that would interfere uh, that would get at least a crumb at a star wars celebration we're gonna get at least a crumb i know I, what it, has a panel for episode nine even been announced yet unfortunately for, not what if they don't have one <laughs> That would be cool and unusual punishment. <laughs> They're having a Phantom Menace panel, which I'm super salty that I won't get to go to. Uh, but, I love that as well. Uh, the focus on the prequels for this is giving me life. Like, we have so much prequel content coming out soon. Like, we have Master and Apprentice. We have Queen Shadow. Um, the book's coming out about Qui-Gon, Padme, Obi-Wan. Um, and then, like, a whole bunch of other stuff, which I'm super excited for. Um, I've had a few friends, some friends in Canada, I believe, already have the Queen's Shadow book. <gasps> How dare they? <laughs> How dare they? Um, I have a friend of mine who already has it, and yeah, it's um, supposedly extremely, extremely good. And I'm hoping it is, because if you know anything about what's been happening, like online, we're kind of, mm. <laughs> let's just say the author that wrote it doesn't necessarily hold some of our viewpoints of Star Wars that we do. But it's okay because it's Padme and <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> I just I just want more Padme content. But yeah, that's happening. And then right. Claudia you Gray get enough to be picky. Yeah. Then Claudia Gray, Master and Apprentice with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon is gonna be really great. So I'm super excited for that. Um but Star Wars Celebration is going to happen after both those books come out. So I believe, and that's going to be really fun. You know, and I'm going to be having a lot of fun watching it all happen from my computer, just like I did with, <laughs> it was in Orlando and it was like yeah. not too far from me and I could have gone, but school. So yeah. Yeah. Life gets in the way, but yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fun watching um, from the live stream as well. I remember with the last Jedi watching the live stream, it was a blast, even though it wasn't I, it was like I walked when they dropped the trailer I remember where I was too it was before I had switched majors to studio art I was in my the mass comm building and I was like literally holding the computer and I'm like they have to hurry up and drop this because I have to go to class and like I know they're they, they better do it they had better do it right now and sure enough they did like right as I was walking up the stairs and I'm like oh my god so I like had to stop I was like Two minutes late to class, but it was worth it. <laughs> I had to take a break at work so that I could watch it. It's like, how can, like, I went from that to having to, like, sit still and, like, be quiet and pay attention for an hour and 15 minutes in class. <laughs> it was torture. And then after I got out, I watched the trailer, like, 10 more times. So <laughs> many of my coworkers are Star Wars fans that I was just, like, chatting everybody. <laughs> it was awesome. fun. Awesome. Yes, I did not have that. I had to hold it all in. Conceal, don't feel. But yeah. but yeah. So this was a lot of fun. Uh thank you so much, Tammy, for coming back on. Um, yeah. Um for those of you who don't know, Tammy is officially part of the Women of the Wills, you know, team, but our times just don't always work out to, you know, collaborate. And speaking of which, you probably noticed that Megan is not here. I probably should have said something about that earlier. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she wasn't able to make this one. Um, she will be here next time, hopefully. Um, and hopefully next time we'll probably be discussing Resistance, uh, Star Wars Resistance, as it is now closing. Pretty soon we have two more episodes, I believe. Uh, one's coming rumored appearance of Kylo Ren. Rumored appearance of Kylo Ren, which I'm super excited for. And then there's also a rumored appearance of for 
Dom Hall Gleason, but that's just, I think, going to be that Hooks recording of his speech at Starkiller Base, which mm. it could, Adams could also be just a pre-recorded thing from The Force Awakens, a reused line, but yes. a girl can hope. <laughs> a girl has hopes. But yeah, so really excited for that. Uh, Star Wars Resistance, if you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. It's really good, but we should hopefully be back um, within the next, after that closes, the next few weeks, and have a lot to discuss because if you have seen the titles for these last two episodes and the descriptions for them it's gonna get intense so please go watch star wars resistance and catch up before these last two episodes if you have not um it's really good so that's all that i have for you guys today so signing off i am Nettie, and you can find me on twitter at Nettie underscore nerf herder um and tammy i'm tammy you can find me on twitter at ben's calligraphy as in ben solo's legendary calligraphy set which i have dedicated my twitter account to apparently yes, yes we all, we all stay on the calligraphy set so <laughs> signing off we will see you guys around the corner bye the force is with me